Hello, hello. Welcome to the VHive, your go-to podcast for all things women's intimate health. I'm your host, Hannah, here to discuss the many questions you've always had about your body but never wanted to ask. Whether it relates to sex, chronic pain, trauma, relationships, healing, hormones, spirituality, and so much more, we are normalizing taboos, breaking down the complexities of the female body, and providing you with the information you need to take your health into your own hands. Hi, my loves. Happy Friday morning. It is 7.53 a.m. here in New York, and I am very happy to be here early up and speaking with all of you. So um, for those of you who listened to last week's episode, I announced this big announcement, um, and now I have another big announcement. Um, Okay, so I have some notes because clearly I'm all over the place and I want this to be organized and to the point and I don't want to ramble because sometimes I do but that's okay um so okay last week or the last episode I uploaded was two weeks ago and I didn't upload another episode last week which I was supposed to um most of you if you followed me on Instagram at the VHive you may have seen I got engaged very exciting. Um, I cannot believe it, but all good and I'm very happy. So I've been all over the place and just, you know, trying to find the right moment to be able to sit down with a clear mind and talk to you guys about another big announcement that I have. So, okay, since we last spoke, um, if you listened to the most recent episode, you know that I announced I was changing the VHive to a membership-based podcast where you have to pay a monthly fee in order to access the content, and I explained all about why I made this decision in that episode. However, I have since decided in the past 14 days that I actually do not want the VHive to be a membership-based podcast. I know this is kind of ridiculous because I went through all of the motions. I made a big announcement. I was posting all over Instagram. I really made a big push for this. I spent a lot of time like organizing this on the back end. Um, Technology wise, I changed the whole website. I really like worked very hard to make this change. And I really believed that it was the right decision. And I explained, again, I explained that in in the last episode as to like, you know, this I've been doing the VHive, it's pretty much been my full-time job for three years. And in order to continue to keep up with the quality and, you know, just make, continue to produce this um, as a full-time job, I needed to make it a membership-based podcast. And I Again, if you want to hear more, I talk more about that. But honestly, now it's not really so relevant because I had this epiphany where I decided that this was indeed the wrong route to go in. And to be honest, like I I really want to be very honest with you guys. I felt kind of stupid about this at first because I was like, I put so much energy into making this happen. Um, And I really believed that this was like the right thing to do. Um, in order to keep the VHive going because I obviously love doing this and I love the community and I want to keep doing it and I believed that a membership model was the right model but I guess like I don't know what hit me but I started just like processing a lot of things that I guess I hadn't really thought about beforehand and again I felt kind of stupid about it because I was like these are huge things which I'll get into how how did I not think about this before but you know what, everything happens for a reason. And I really did realize that sometimes you have to just go through the motions and and in order to like know what what is best. So, okay. Um, Okay, so let me, I'm going, I'm looking through my notes now. Okay, okay, okay. Um, So I put a lot of thought into this the past two weeks and I just like, it's been, I've only like, you know, you a few months ago, I was really consistent about weekly episodes and I haven't been as consistent about weekly episodes because I've just been trying to like really, I, I want to make this the best 
content and the best platform and I want to be present when I'm speaking here and I've kind of just felt I don't know if it's like been COVID or just like you know anxiety or whatever it is I haven't like felt present all the time and I think that's been like holding me back from wanting to really like speak every week and just like feeling I guess like confident and grounded and secure in myself but after taking some time off I actually am really feeling much better and I'm like really excited to be here today and and obviously I'm I have a lot to say um but so I thought a lot about you know the membership based podcast versus not membership based and by the way thank you guys for just like listening to this and being here and being with me while I kind of transform the beehive into what it it really is meant to be um so I've thought a lot about this. I've spoken to some really smart people that I love and trust and that were super helpful in kind of giving me some guidance and some direction. Um, and basically, I decided that the reason I'm changing my mind and I feel that now I feel very confident in changing my mind as to why this is now going to be a free podcast um, and and I just want to say, like, as I mentioned before, I'm okay. You know, at first I felt stupid. I was like, I, I can't believe I just made this whole announcement and now I'm changing my mind. Like, that's crazy. But, you know, it really is part of the process. And I've really had to accept that when you have a platform or a company or a brand or a product or whatever it is, like, not every decision you make is going to be the right one. There's going to be a lot of trial and error. There's going to be a lot of decisions and then changing your mind and back and forth and it's all part of the process and it's all part and I mean I'm speaking to myself right now because I have to tell myself this and I have had to learn this and accept this um, and sit with this but it is part of the process and you know I love this community and I know that you guys hopefully will be here to go through the process we'll all go through this process together and a lot of it is trial and error and I'm sure a lot of you guys listening are entrepreneurs and have your own business and your own companies or products or whatever it is and um, I'm sure you have have experienced similar things where you made a decision you changed your mind you did something and then you realize oops maybe that was a waste of money or a waste of time or whatever and it's all okay because that's part of figuring out where you are supposed to be and what direction you're supposed to go in and how you are best supposed to serve your audience and community so let me get into why the why um as to why i i decided that this is not going to be a membership based podcast anymore um okay so Oh, and I just want to say that I'm so I'm going to try and get through this quickly. And then after I, I finish this explanation, I'm going to share with you the one I, I only uploaded one membership only episode. And that one I'm going to put here. It's going to be for all of you guys to listen. It was amazing. It's with this nutritionist, Lauren Koffler, who I have known for like over 10, 15 years. And she's such a wealth of knowledge. And we talk about a lot of interesting things. So that's going to be following this explanation. Okay, so basically, um, and this is going back a little bit further, but I've, I figured I'll give you another quick life update. So I'm going back to school in September to get a master's in social work. I live in New York, as most of you probably know. I'm going to Columbia, which is also in New York, and I'm starting in September. And I actually talked all about this in the 100th episode. Um, this was like an announcement I made in that episode and my boyfriend was on that episode. Oh, well, now he's my fiance. It's very weird. I, I can't, I'm trying to like learn that he's not my boyfriend anymore. Um, anyways, so, but at the time he was my boyfriend and I do like a Q&A with him and I talk about um, that I'm going back to school. I realize not everyone's listening to every episode, so I, I want to share again. In September, I will be going back to school to get a master's in social work. And I decided this was during COVID that what I really want to do is be a therapist and specialize in, you know, women's sexual health issues, help women and really dive deep with them into all things trauma, healing, chronic pain, um, fear, anxiety, all, all of the things. Um, and I've interviewed a few therapists on the podcast, one of which is Nicole Sachs that I very much look up to. And I post a lot about, you know, her work that I do on Instagram and whatnot. And um, 
I, through doing her work, I kind of realized that, and I'm going to be going on her podcast, which I'm very excited about. It's a big deal for me. But um, I realized that, like, you know, a huge part of healing chronic pain, especially, you know, pelvic pain and, and different, like, forms of sexual health issues that women have is is mind body is therapy and that's like really what I want to do I want to work one-on-one so so I'm going back to school um I'll be in school for two years and then after that I will be working for two years to get hours um in order to get in order to become licensed by the state of New York and then I will be a licensed social worker and I will go into private practice that's my goal so it will be a four plus year journey but that's okay I'm ready for it all right, so back to the podcast, why we're here. Um, I knew I was going, I've known I'm going back to school in September for many months now, I would say at least five or six months. And I guess I thought that I could produce weekly episodes while I'm in school. And um, I mentioned this in, in, la- in the last episode that I really do, like I don't have anyone helping me with the beehive. I pretty much do everything on my own. And, um, you know, I do the interviews, I edit, I produce, I do the social and the graphics and the website and whatever. So I don't know how I thought that I could be in school full time and do this because this takes up a lot of my time. I don't I I honestly don't know. I did not think it through. That's like the honest answer. I really just didn't think it through. And when making the membership model, the promise that I made was if you pay for you know monthly content you will get a weekly episode and in the past two weeks I was like whoa 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 I can't take people's money and promise to deliver weekly episodes when I'm going to be in school full-time in the fall that is I, I don't know what I don't know how much time I'll have and I know that I want to keep the beehive going I know that I want to show up here you know right now at least once or twice a month Um, and I like, this is such an important part of my whole journey. Like this podcast is what led me to wanting to go back to school, to making that decision, to knowing this is what I want to do with my career. So no, I will never shut this down. Um, I did consider it for a minute, but absolutely not never. Um, but what I realized is I can't make that, I can't keep that promise. I can't make that promise because I haven't started school yet and I don't know what the time commitment's gonna be. I will be full time and I'm, I know I'll have time on the weekends and like I've been in school before. I know I'll have time to do some podcast episodes, but I can't promise that I'll be able to do them weekly and I can't then have this be a membership podcast if, if I won't be able to um, keep the promise. So that was like the biggest thing. I just, I, I don't know. That was the biggest thing for me. The other biggest thing was that or the other big thing excuse me was that I would honestly like I just realized how much I value each and every person that listens to this podcast and the whole community and I was like I would I'm happy speaking to all of you less frequently than speaking to a subset of you who decide to become members every week like it's, I think I felt that it's necessary to show up every week and kind of what I realized is it's okay if I show up every other week or even if it's once a month. Um, but I speak to all of you. And like to me, that is so important. And I don't know why. I guess I was putting this pressure on myself to weekly episodes and posting on Instagram every day and like all of this pressure. And I, and I think that's why I, a part of the reason why I was like, this is too much. Like I'm like, I can't, this is, I'm over promising. And now just taking a step back, I was like, I still want to be here. I still like love, love podcasting and love this community. And, and like, I'm just obsessed with, you know, with you guys and the platform and all that we've created together. But I don't have to show up every single day. Like I can, you know, I can, put it out an episode when 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 I when I when I it's right and um I think I'll be more authentic and more connected that way so that's kind of what I felt is the best decision and and I guess I just have as I said had to go through the motions in order to realize all of these things so that's okay it's all good um and okay let me see I'm going through my notes um okay so I I think that's it actually um I mean, I hope you guys can understand. I'm sorry, like, 
for all the back and forth, but I feel very confident in in this decision and I have so many episodes that I've already recorded that I haven't released that I'm like very eager to share with all of you. Next week's episode is with a hormonal dermatologist that specializes in like hormonal acne and hormonal skincare issues and I just like I want to speak to all of you and I'm okay if it's I'm okay with it if it's less frequently. Um I just I don't know. I was putting this pressure on myself and I realized I, I don't need to be doing that. But for the summer, I will obviously be continuing, hopefully, you know, pretty frequently. I have, as I said, a lot of episodes that I've already recorded that I haven't released yet. So we're going to be up and running this summer. I'm really excited to share all of the content with you. I'm really excited to just be able to speak to all of you because this community honestly has grown and it, it is continuing to grow. And, um, when I start school in September, I'm I'm going to be honest with you guys and tell you like, okay, I'll upload an episode when I have the time. I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to be present on social media, the VHive. Go follow me there because that's where I, I post um, and share my life and different things. And um, y- yeah, I think that, that this is the only way to go is just honesty. It's okay to go back and forth it's okay to try different things when you have a business and I hope all of you can understand and if you have any questions or want to send me a message or talk or whatever please do so you can email me hannah h-a-n-n-a-h at the vhive.com and you can message me on instagram at the vhive and um yeah okay so I feel good about this decision I hope you guys do too um again i apologize for all of the back and forth and the and the changes and this and that but i i feel certain that this is the direction and i hope you guys enjoy this episode with lauren koffler she is amazing um i learned a lot i hope i hope you all do too and stay tuned next week there will be an episode released on thursday with uh dr zenovia she is the hormonal dermatologist she's based in california and what else i'm trying to think oh one other quick thing i want to share hold on one second okay okay so as i said nicole Sachs, she has you know this chronic pain platform course and whatnot and i post a lot about it on instagram and i i did her course and i'm very passionate about it and um a lot of people message if you're not familiar she does this journal speak it's a 30 minute practice every day 20 minutes of journal speak 10 minutes of meditation and i did it consistently for a while and now i still do it i wouldn't say consistently but it's still a tool that i very much value and have um and a lot of people i know have trouble they're like how do i get into it I, I don't know what to write about, etc. So yesterday I actually was doing my journal speak and, and I actually was, I wrote for a while for like 40 minutes um, and I, I never do that. And I came up with, I was just writing prompts down for a part of it and I was like, these are really good prompts that I, I think you guys may benefit from. So I wanted to share all of the journal prompts with you and I think that journaling is honestly such a good tool when you really do it um, the right way and consistently and so hopefully these prompts will help you guys to just find a place to just start um okay so here we go let's see um okay so i think there's like five prompts okay what am i upset about and this can be in, in a moment in a day and you don't have to do all of these every day but you can just um you can just um, pull one out when you're when you're feeling it's calling you or you're feeling it's the right one. So, okay, what am I upset about today? Why do I feel stupid today? Um, why am I relying on other people to soothe me instead of me being able to soothe myself? And that's a huge one because I think the biggest tool that you can have as an individual, especially who has, you know, pain or anxiety or or depression or whatever it is, is you rely on other people to soothe you, but really you are the only one who can truly soothe yourself. So that's like a big thing that I am diving into and I think is very important. Okay. 
what is making me smile today and that's just a good one because you know a lot of people talk about these gratitude journals and I think sometimes it's actually important to do journal speak and that type of journaling which is like really getting out all of your angry negative fearful anxiety based thoughts because that's like what you're repressing and that's what's making you sick but sometimes doing the gratitude stuff is helpful as well because you do want to remember and acknowledge what's making you happy what is good in your life what's putting a smile on your face what do you have to appreciate those are really important things to remind yourself because when you are so deep in the fear anxiety based cycle it's really easy to lose sight of of the positive things in your life so so reminding yourself of that is important okay what do i feel guilty what do i feel guilty about today and what am i scared of and that's it okay so i hope those are helpful if you like this let me know and i'll keep sharing prompts every week because i think i don't know i the prompts are good for me so if if the prompts are helpful for you as well let me know and i will keep writing them down and sharing them and that is officially it um enjoy the episode with lauren today's episode is a really special one not only am i very good friends with the guest lauren but she literally is such a wealth of knowledge she shares so many amazing and valuable insights into today's world of food and eating and diet culture and just debunks myths and tells us you know kind of right from wrong and what is really important versus what is not so important so i learned so much and as i was editing the episode i just was like still blown away and i know that you guys are really going to find this interesting i ask her a lot of listener questions at the end um but without further ado let me just tell you a little bit about her so lauren is a registered dietitian nutritionist based in new york city with extensive experience counseling adults with health concerns ranging from disordered eating to hypertension to diabetes and much more Lauren is also an adjunct professor at NYU, where she earned her master's in clinical nutrition. Her background is in clinical nutrition, and her counseling approach emphasizes eating intuitively while taking clients' specific health needs into account. With her clients, Lauren cultivates sustainable behaviors by getting to the root of their nutrition concerns. So some of the things that we talk about in today's episode include what intuitive eating really means since everyone just throws around the word intuitive eating, but I feel like there's a lot of confusion as to what is intuitive eating. So we go over that in great detail. Um, We also talk about, well, Lauren explains to us why sugar is not addictive, but rather the mentality around sugar that can be addictive. And this has a lot to do with disordered eating you know limiting foods restricting foods and how it's not that certain foods can be addicting or can be necessarily bad for you but it's just the behavior it's the addictive behavior and where is that stemming from and i found this particularly interesting because this is kind of where mental health and food and eating habits go hand in hand Um, it's not just about food but it's also about mental health and stress and anxiety and and different you know day-to-day lifestyle triggers and and circumstances and situations that might be affecting you and it might be showing up in the way that you eat again everything is very much so connected in our bodies and actions Um, okay so we also go over why intermittent fasting can be damaging to women and their hormonal health this is a really important topic because so many people again are talking about the benefits of intermittent fasting however most women don't know that it can actually be really damaging to our hormones this is something that is really i think very valuable for us women especially women of childbearing age to know about messing with our hormones is not something that we want to be doing um a few other things the importance of not ignoring the body's hunger cues that kind of goes hand in hand with intermittent fasting because when we're intermittent fasting we're not listening to our body's natural signals which is again very damaging and causes a lot of stress to our body which we want to be avoiding and lastly lauren shares a lot of tips on how you can keep your blood sugar balance she also shares some gut health tips and how you can find the best nutritionist, like what questions to ask, what to look for, what to stay away from. So 
as you can tell, we talk about a lot in kind of not a short episode, but in 45 minutes. And again, we go over listener questions at the end. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't mind, please, please, please go to the iTunes store and leave a rating and review on the VHive podcast. It really helps to boost the visibility of this podcast so that more people find it okay so now let's get into the episode with lauren this is exciting because i am here with lauren koffler who i've actually known for how long have we known each other a very long time you were <laughs> um i think like 11 yeah, when oh my god that's crazy so how long ago is that like 15 years ago, basically, uh right? Basically 15 years ago, yeah. So to put it into context, you were my camp counselor at (laughs) Sleepaway Camp, and now you are a registered dietitian, nutritionist, so I was like, you need to come on the podcast and share all of your knowledge because, and I also just feel like more and more recently, food and like topics around food and controversies are just, they're everywhere, and so I'm like feeling that it's more and more important to have people like you on to really like break this down. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's just like so much out there. It can be incredibly overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, So I sort of feel like, you know, like I say that with like all my clients, I'm kind of like a lot of this stuff you sort of probably know already, but it's really helpful to kind of have like a mentor or like a tutor basically to kind of like guide you through this (laughs) that's such that's so funny a tutor no but it is it's like you could probably do it on your own but without like with the support I mean it's so much more like you're so much more motivated yeah you're like motivated and also just like a a sort of like a check and a balance a little bit I think like people can get so into their in their heads and to have someone to sort of just bounce things off of um and and just reinforce things definitely totally I think that's so true so let's just start by you sharing how you got started in this space like what drew you to wanting to become a dietitian um yeah yeah okay so I think I always like on a personal level was interested in health and wellness um and I felt like there were like throughout the course of my life like different things came up where I felt like when I was just treating my body well and like fueling it well um I just felt better um and but I did sort of feel like prior to going back to school for this um kind of frustrated by how much information is out there but how like little um sort of clarity there is around what information is actually um truthful information or really useful information um yeah and I really I mean just generally like working with people and so it sort of felt like a really nice way to be like an expert in something that I really was interested in and then also be able to kind of continue to just like work with people and just have like such a sort of like one-on-one type of relationship in my professional life totally and it's so funny because I feel like a few years ago definitely like definitely a few years before COVID, we used to like get coffee and like see each other. And I feel like you were, were you in school at that time or did you get where you had graduated already? I think that I maybe like just graduated. I think so. Um, yeah, because I teach a class at NYU. So I was like down there. Exactly. Um, like a couple times a week. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Well, no, it's so cool that you're doing this. And I mean, I've obviously been following you on Instagram and you've always like, you're just posting about interesting things and, so then I was like, we haven't talked, but I was like, you need to, we, we have so much to talk about. So the first thing that I want you to really break down for us is the whole intuitive eating situation that everyone's talking about, but I feel like is people don't like people kind of use the term, but I don't really think everyone knows what it actually means and it can be interpreted in a hundred different ways. So I want you to explain your definition of intuitive eating and how you you know share this practice with the people that you work with and teach etc yeah definitely so well like just to start off intuitive eating is um like a non-diet framework or methodology um that was actually like you know 
a coined term like many years ago um, by two dietitians who sort of came up with the with the concept and the method the methodology. Um, but it's a non diet approach um, to eating to health to wellness. Um, it has ten principles. Um, and like really the ultimate goal of intuitive eating is just to help people have healthier relationships with food and their bodies. It's like very much not focused on weight. Um, it's not focused on like what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat. It's like not at all a cognitive prescription around eating. It's really like tuning back into those internal cues. Um, like it really puts the, the individual in charge rather than, um, you know, like a diet where there are rules around like what to eat or maybe when to eat. Um, it's kind of up to you. Um, and it's, can be a little bit scary because for so many people for so long, like you're following different, you know, quote unquote rules around eating. Um, but this is like really how we were born to eat. Um, and it's sort of like getting back to basics. So something that I've like seen and heard, you know, are kind of let's, let's use sugar as an example. And this Mm -hmm. is something that I'm really curious to hear your take on, but Okay, so we're using sugar as an example. Let's say someone, and I follow so many like wellness people on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, all different, like men, women. So my sister is always sharing me like her. She follows this whole group of, you know, more carnivore type of people. And then I'm following the vegans. And like, I just like to see all of it. But my question is, so some groups of people, I feel like say that sugar is is good to eat in small quantities because we do need some glucose we need like glucose fuels our cells and our brain function and everything so obviously you'll be craving sugar if you're depriving yourself of it but i feel Mm -hmm. like other people say that if you're craving sugar that means that there's some sort of an imbalance in the body and eating sugar isn't going to solve it like you have to figure out what's actually going on um Mm -hmm. i'm curious your opinion on that yeah, so it's a good question. I think that the it's sort of like a misconception that we, you know, like you've seen before, I'm sure, that like sugar lights up the same pathways in the yeah. brain as like cocaine. Yeah. And like that's kind of a crock of shit. I agree. Am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah. Uh, because because um, that's, that's um, you know, like lots of things light up those pathways, right? Like, right hugging a friend like there and so it's just like a complete misconception that this sugar is something that we can become addicted to um so like the idea and just in general I really reject the idea um that food any food in itself is addictive Mm -hmm. um or can be addictive like certainly there are behaviors around food that can become compulsive right so like if somebody's binge eating or something like that there's obviously like a compulsion there i'm not sort of here saying like no no no, you could just override that certainly not um but it's not like the food itself that is addictive like sugar it's not that sugar is addictive it's that like a behavior sort of becomes like habitual or compulsive um and usually that's kind of like if we get down to the root of why that's happening it's because somebody's like restricting mm-hmm. um because ultimately and this sort of goes back to the question of like if you're craving sugar is it you know does that mean you need to be eating it or not eating it um and like if you're craving sugar and you're restricting it then you're never gonna kind of like beat that craving because it's become like illegal like it's an illicit food and things that are like illegal or illicit like tend to be a lot more tempting like that's why like kids like drink and like do drugs because they're not allowed um if it's like bad you want it a lot more if it's like neutral and it has like no moral value assigned to it then it's going to just have a lot less like power and control. And so I think that like, that didn't totally answer your question, no, but I it guess did. the idea is that 100%. like sugar, you need sugar. Like you said, you need sugar is just like carbohydrates, all carbohydrates when they break down in your body, break down to glucose. And exactly like you said, your brain needs glucose for fuel to function. And if you are restricting all carbohydrates or 
just one particular type of food, then you're always like inevitably going to be thinking about it and wanting it more because like you have like banned that food. Um, and it sort of goes back to the like last supper mentality of like, mm-hmm. if you say like, all right, like my diet starts tomorrow, I'm never allowed to have this food again. Then like, without a doubt, you're going to eat way more of it. than if you're just like, yes, I don't want it. I'll have it tomorrow. That is literally, I could not agree more. And that answered the question so well. I have like a very similar opinion, but I wanted to just hear yours first before I shared mine. Um, but like, I so agree because to give a quick like one minute synopsis of why I I agree is because I have been on so many restrictive quote unquote diets like anti candida and different healing your gut diets and I've like you know I've all so many times tried to cut out every single form of sugar fearing that it would do something like cause me a yeast infection or create some sort of a problem and being kind of I would say you know for lack of a better word out of the woods in that realm I now just looking back on it I realized that sugar isn't bad for you I was scared of everything like I was scared of fruit I was scared to eat honey Mm -hmm. I was scared to have you know I don't eat dessert every single night like I'm talking about like cake and cookies and whatever but if I want one on a holiday like I was terrified of it and for me that just I didn't feel better physically like let's say candida why like whatever it was it didn't help at all it was just creating so much fear and now I eat as much fruit as I want as much honey as I want like I I don't I'm not scared of it and it's just like I think that I completely agree I just think it's more harmful really totally and like I think at the end of the day if we think about like there's so much that goes into health and it's not just like obviously it's not just like a number on a scale or even just like a blood value it's also like your mental health and if you're sitting around and obsessing about food then like honestly that's like 99 out of 100 times going to be a lot less healthy than like eating that sugary thing um because like it's just that's like it's the whole picture and then the picture is like not really working if that's sort of the way that the feelings are all the time similarly i think that a huge kind of part of this is food fears and how a lot of people while they're like no matter what health issue they've had if they've seen a lot of practitioners they've probably been told to cut something out of their diet with the hope that it will help some sort of a physical symptom again Mm -hmm. i don't i mean it's hard for me to say like whether i agree or don't agree with that but i just think that as you said and, and you know the amount of fear that comes from it is like it's really hard to then undo that yeah definitely and I also think that like an important piece here which is like is actually like sort of generally a part of intuitive eating but I think um it's a it's a part of like the 10th principle of intuitive eating which is like gentle nutrition Mm -hmm. which essentially means like intuitive eating doesn't say just like eat whatever you want like there you know don't take nutrition into account at all of course not um but like the 10th principle after you sort of like dealt with all of the like body image kind of stuff and like um things like food fears and and food police and diet mentality and all of that um is really like incorporating the concepts of like nutrition knowledge so you know generally what what makes a healthy diet um and that doesn't mean eating those foods a hundred percent of the time but you know generally kind of like what fuels you well um and part of that gentle nutrition is that like a a healthy diet for anybody really like there's nobody this doesn't work for Mm -hmm. is is like balanced meaning you're getting like a balance of like the macro and micronutrients it's varied so you're not having the exact same thing every single day and like you know fearful of trying anything new because you need to have such a wide variety to get all the like vitamins and minerals and all of that and that it's adequate so like you're eating enough um and you're eating enough of all of the macronutrients and micronutrients and then like the little tiny detail of like the top of this like pyramid if you think of it that way would be like specific foods for your condition so for instance like if somebody had heart disease like how can we fine-tune their diet so that they are making sure that they're like incorporating adding in like foods that are going to help with that and then like maybe 
limiting those that that could potentially be harmful but if the focus is on this that like tippity top of the pyramid so like the the specifics for that person and you're completely ignoring the like balanced adequate varied aspect of it then it's like completely irrelevant like an anti-inflammatory diet is completely irrelevant if you're not like having an adequate diet if that makes sense yeah totally can you quickly explain the difference between micro and macronutrients if anyone is unsure Yes, sorry. So macronutrients are like the three nutrients that you need in the largest quantity in your diet, and those are carbohydrates, protein, and fat. Um, And then micronutrients are basically just vitamins and minerals, and Mm -hmm. so that encompasses all the vitamins and minerals, and you need those, but you don't need them in as large of a quantity as you need protein Mm -hmm. fats and carbs um and micronutrients obviously are like found all of these macro and micronutrients are found in food sources it's not like you just eat one thing that's specific for a micronutrient it has also some carbs in it also some fat also some protein Mm -hmm. okay cool thank you the other kind of big hot topic these days but actually it's not really new it's been it's been a big topic for a while is intermittent fasting and we have a similar outlook on this because we spoke about it prior to recording, mm-hmm. but I really don't believe that it's good for women, especially I, I'll say at least the majority of women. I don't want to say every single woman on the planet, um, mm-hmm. but I've just, I tried it. It did not work for me. I've heard so many stories of it not working for other women. And now I want your professional opinion and what you've seen through your work as to why you feel similarly yeah so I think that like any there's like two elements of intermittent fasting I'd say like two buckets that I feel like make it not something that I would ever recommend yeah one is that um it can kind of just like really mess with hormones for for men or women but but I think that we're talking women in particular um it's like it tends to be like a stressor on the yeah. body to be fasting so fasting can increase the cortisol which can like lead to blood sugar being kind of all over the place and then that in turn can lead to like insulin being irregular and that can lead to like other hormone dysregulation like specifically it could impact potentially impact um like female hormones so like yeah. it can interfere with fertility um you know like people who are not eating enough can like lose their periods like that type of thing that's sort of like a simplification of it um and then so that's like the first thing is one it could just kind of mess with hormones obviously that doesn't happen for everybody but it could um and then the other like bucket i'd say of why i feel like it's really not great is that you're just completely ignoring the body's like biological cues of hunger Mm -hmm. so like you're going to be hungry obviously like you know we naturally fast overnight we're not waking up in the middle of the night to eat something but we naturally tend to fast for like let's say about 12 hours maybe 10 hours um and then you know you wake up and you have breakfast within the first few hours being awake because you're hungry um and if you're sort of like again back to this like cognitive prescription around like I am not allowed to eat even if I'm feeling hungry like really the only way to get rid of the feeling of hunger is to eat something like there's <laughs> nothing else to do there oh my uh, god and it's like if you had to like pee you wouldn't be like I'm just gonna hold this for as long as possible oh, like that's such a good no, analogy like, you'd go pee like that's like a your body is talking to you so like because we are like putting these cognitive rules on like the time frame within which we're eating um it can lead to like a fixation on food and that in turn can lead to like a binge and restriction cycle um which really is just that like if you're restricting a lot you become sort of like obsessive about the foods or that you're restricting or in this case maybe you're just obsessive about food in general because you're fixated because you're not eating um and then it leads to like binging or overeating in a way that you wouldn't have you know like eating way past fullness um when like in reality if you were just eating when you were hungry you probably would be able to stop when you were satiated not completely stuffed wow i knew you would explain this so perfectly so thank you (laughs) (laughs) and i just want to talk for another minute on the fact that 
it is really stressful for the for the body to not give it fuel when it's asking for it literally mm-hmm. um yeah and to me it's just like i don't care how many books or doctors or whatever say that it has potential health benefits or if it you know for longevity or brain function whatever it is like just having been someone who's i don't know at least had like different various health issues like to do something that you're that intentionally is stressing out like really stressing out the body makes no sense to me like i feel like you know like we're trying to find ways all day every day to reduce the stress that we feel yeah (laughs) like why i just i don't understand Right, exactly. Like, already, there's, like, we're all just, like, an overstressed society, like, so much more so than, like, years ago, that, like, to add something else to the mix just is, like, I don't know, I'm enough. Like, I have enough stress that I'll, like, give myself. I don't need to be, like, doing this to make it worse. Um, And I think also, generally, like, if we, like, think about, like, not just about, not even just to demonize just intermittent fasting, Mm -hmm. but generally any of these, like, fad diets, um, is that, like, if we, if we sort of like regroup and pause and think about like what's the goal of the diet of these diets ultimately and if like the only goal ever is like weight loss then like then I think also we're missing the mark because mm-hmm. like we're like there's health is so much more than just weight um and so I think that like that too I think becomes like yeah this like all of these things we can say are like quote-unquote successful if we're looking at the results after like a one-year period or a six-month period but like what are we looking at like a larger picture and are we looking at like a long long-term results here mm-hmm. which like none of these things really show success with. yeah and the other thing like I tried it before I knew that it was bad for women and like the main problem that I had was really that like I like to eat smaller meals but more frequently because if I'm hungry like I can't focus I'll get like a headache or dizzy like I definitely get low blood sugar very easily and so for me I was just like constantly I I don't I didn't do it for like a very long period of time but maybe a few weeks and I just was like I can't even focus like I can't this is I feel so not well doing this and I just have, you know, really, I think that keeping your blood sugar balanced is really important, again, to not stress your body out. Why, for people listening who may have similar, in a similar experience, like, can you explain why it's so important to have balanced blood sugar throughout the day? Yeah, so, like, glucose, which we talked about a little bit before, which is, like, what all carbohydrates that you consume break down to, just, just that's what we would sort of call, like, blood sugar. It's carbohydrates once they're in your blood break down to glucose and that's and glucose is the brain's main source of fuel so it makes complete sense that if you're not if you're going a very long time or a long period without eating that you're starting to get some brain fog because you're like literally not fueling your brain properly um and like keeping blood sugar balanced or stable throughout the day will also help like keep your energy stable it will help keep your mood balanced um and when it's if blood sugar is like unbalanced or sort of like really variable spiking up high dropping down low um then it can lead to like just general like discomfort like anxiety it can impact sleep it could that could certainly lead to brain fog as well um and so it like cuts both ways if you're sort of like yeah. going long periods without eating your blood sugar gets very low but same thing goes for like that's you know like mm-hmm. that that's why we you know you always hear like have like whole grains or like carbohydrates that have fiber in them because like fiber containing carbs so those would be things like made whole grain really so like um, whole grain bread, brown rice, quinoa, um, farro, also, but also like starchy veggies, like sweet potato, um, fruits, uh, legumes, like beans or um, lentils or nuts or seeds. I don't know, there are others as well, but mostly those that are fiber containing. Um, if you're eating a fiber containing carb, then your blood sugar, when you eat that, doesn't spike quite as quickly. It's sort of like a 
I'm like using my hand to show it and I'm realizing no one can see this, but basically it's like, it's like a, you know, it's going to, your blood sugar is going to go up after you eat. It's the purpose because your, your blood needs to then take that glucose or that glucose needs to go from your blood to all the tissue and the tissues in the body that needs it for fuel. Um, but the blood sugar is not going to be a spike. It's going to be sort of like a slow hill basically. Um, because the fiber helps like slow down digestion and absorption. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like refined carbs so things that are like white bread or white rice or like sweets like candies or cookies or soda or juice or something like that those don't have any fiber so there's nothing to sort of like mediate or like mitigate that blood sugar spike and so it's going to be sort of like a really steep uh, mountain like spike up of blood sugar after you eat one of those types of foods um when the blood sugar goes up um insulin is you know needs to kind of like be released to come come take that glucose and take it to all the tissues in the body so that they can be used for so it can be used for energy um but if you're eating like too many of those like refined carbs that i just mentioned you're gonna have like a lot of insulin released and insulin is similar to female fertility hormones that help with like egg maturation and so the ovaries can confuse like high, very high insulin with their own growth factors and it can impact the reproductive hormones. Mm-hmm. And so that could potentially interfere with like egg maturation or ovulation or things like that. Wow. I don't know if that was like too no, in no, depth. No, no, no. That's so interesting. And I'm like always so interested in fertility and hormones and all of that. So I find that so interesting. Um, what? I, oh, I wanted to ask you a random question that just came to mind about breakfast so Mm -hmm. i like having and this is just a personal question but i want you to i want to ask you i like having fruit sometimes i have fruit just like plain first thing in the morning it just feels good it feels like hydrating and light and um and then you know i'm usually hungry like a half hour an hour afterwards and then i'll have a yogurt or something but Mm -hmm. i also have heard that having fruit like it's really important speaking of blood sugar if you want to keep your blood sugar balanced throughout the day and you want you know stable energy levels that you should have a protein carb and fat for breakfast what are your thoughts on that so like generally and like if any of my clients like for the most part who I work with I sort of feel like we always talk about like how to build a really nourishing plate that's going to keep you that's going to fill you up make you feel good and then keep you full for like three to four hours or something like that so that you don't have to just that you're not feeling like hungry again 30 minutes later because like then you just sort of like didn't it didn't do what it needed to do for you um and so like generally speaking i would i would recommend for like a plate to be like a protein a fat and a carb because it's going to be the best way to sort of fill yourself up nourish yourself for a longer period of time However, I think that, like, breakfast is the one place where that tends to um, vary for people. Some Mm -hmm. people, like, are kind of nauseous in the morning if they eat a big breakfast. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, like, doesn't work for them. And so I think that, like, I personally think, like, if breakfast, like, do what you got to do. But if that means that you need to have a snack, you know, 30 minutes later or an hour or two later, then you absolutely should. Um, and it shouldn't sort of be this idea that like, okay, well, I had breakfast. So that means like, I really shouldn't be eating till lunch. You know, it's, it's really thinking about like, okay, all I wanted was fruit right now. So that fruit, you know, that was a great source of fiber, but it didn't have any protein. It didn't have any fat. Those things are going to also help keep me full for longer. So it makes complete sense that an hour later I'm hungry and I'm going to eat a yogurt or I'm going to eat oatmeal with some peanut butter or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um, at that point. So like definitely don't think like, you know, absolutely make sure it's protein, fat and carb at breakfast. But I think like listening to sort of and tuning into how you feel after eating eating certain things versus others and i think you sort of have a perfect example of that of like okay i have fruit it filled me up for a little bit and then i got hungry and i wanted something more and i you know had some protein and some fat in my next you know breakfast part two Mm -hmm. um so i think that that would be my takeaway there yeah no that's perfect that's really helpful and i think it's also a good example at least like for me of intuitive eating because that's like yeah some mornings i just really want fruit when i wake up and then some mornings i'm more hungry and like maybe i'll have eggs and avocado and a piece of sourdough bread or something like 
and it's not necessarily that like every single day I need to have fruit and only fruit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, you're absolutely right. It's like, it's a perfect example of like listening to your internal cues. And then like when you feel, I think like the, the most important piece is that like, then when you feel hungry, you listen, you know, 30 minutes later, you listen and you're mm-hmm. like, it's not like, no, 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 I had breakfast. So I'm done. It's like, yeah. no, I had part of my breakfast now I'm hungry again yeah that's so true that's such a good point as well and not putting like the restrictions on yourself necessarily I think that's like that's what you're saying but I think that that's important yeah absolutely okay so moving on to some gut health tips if you have any I wanted to ask you this because I feel like everyone is always wondering what they can do to improve their gut health especially you know if they've been on antibiotics or they've just had different gut issues or constipation or whatever it is everyone seems to always be asking and i apologize it's really windy i think it's probably the microphone's probably picking it up but anyways i think everyone's probably wondering what they can do if you have any tips for gut health so yeah so i think that like with gut health um and that's similar like a loaded to, question. <laughs> well, but similar to what we talked about before, where it's sort of like, with like, I think we were talking about the sugar maybe, but it's yeah. like, okay, we, if you're not having, like first and foremost, like having a balanced, adequate, varied diet is like really the most important that you're getting like tons of fruits and veggies and you're getting a variety of different nutrients coming from all different types of foods. That's going to be the, you know, the best gift you can give your gut just to sort of like help repopulate or populate the your gut microbiome um and then if that sort of those are those things are being met um and you're having lots of different types of foods and you're having enough of them and all of that then I think it can be like sort of fine-tuned in terms of like making sure that you're having having foods that are like rich in probiotics and mm-hmm. so that would be you know like probiotics or things like yogurt or fermented food like sauerkraut um or like kimchi and or like kombucha those types of things or even just like pickles mm-hmm. um and i mean also you could always like take a probiotic i you know i think that it's 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 it can't hurt but that like generally speaking and this is how i feel about like any sort of like supplement is that ideally you're getting these types of things through food sources first mm-hmm. um you just do a better job your body does a better job of like absorbing them um when it's in a food source because it has like all the other nutrients in the food source as well help with like absorbing that as like a whole food rather than it just being like we don't you know we don't eat nutrients we eat foods that are full of lots of different nutrients yeah no that's really helpful and i think that it is so true like you know if you want to supplement something here and there it's not necessarily a bad thing, but the first thing that you should be trying to do is just get all the nutrients that you need through the food that you eat, essentially. Exactly. And like the supplement, thinking of supplements as, as, as just that, as a supplement, not as the, you know, end all be all. Yeah. I completely agree. If someone wants to find a nutritionist, do you have any recommendations for an, my recommendation is they see you, but if they're not going to see you and they're looking to find a good one, are there anything, are there any questions that you think are important to ask? Yeah. I like, but I was looking, I was thinking about this yeah. and I felt like I didn't, I, you know, like I had, was, had a hard time thinking of like one question, but I do think that maybe like, you know, obviously it's going to be about like the fit and like, is this mm-hmm. a good working relationship? Yeah. But I think one really big thing to keep an eye on, and this maybe would be like more of a red flag, yeah. um, is like, what is this person or what is this nutritionist like promising you? Right. And like, are the promises sort of like unrealistic? And I think that like, for instance, if somebody's promising like, you know, I guarantee X amount of weight loss in this time, if you follow this plan, then I would sort of be wary of that. Um, and I think sort of, you know, thinking about what you're really looking for and what's being promised to you. And it's sort of a vague answer, but I think generally like keeping an eye out for any, you know, claims that feel too good to be true, because if they are, then they, because if they sound too good to be true they probably are too good to be true 
That's a really good point. I like that a lot. And I feel like when you're, if someone's like desperately looking for that, they might be drawn to it. So keep on alert for those types of things. I think that's a really good point. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I got a bunch of questions that people submitted for you. Most of them we already covered. Uh, one of them was about intermittent fasting. One of them was about like specific bladder irritating foods, but I don't think that we're not going to get into that today. Um, and I've covered that in, in many past episodes, so I can direct them there. Someone asked about anti-inflammatory foods. Yeah, so anti-inflammatory foods, um, I know I'm like a broken record here, yeah. but I think that like, again, like if we're not sort of like meeting all the needs, then anti-inflammatory is like just completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. However, that said, in order to like fine tune for anti-inflammatory foods, basically like it's funny. I mean, I guess it's not funny. It's interesting, but, but like if you were to direct somebody to like a heart healthy diet, then or somebody who had like hypertension, you were saying like, make sure that you're trying to do, you're eating these foods or following this diet to lower your blood pressure. Or somebody like with like an autoimmune disease, and you were saying like, follow this anti-inflammatory diet. Like it's the diets are all basically the same. So that's yeah. good news because it means it's just a generally healthy diet. Um, and things that are gonna help with inflammation are, you know, things that come from the earth. Having like adequate fruits, vegetables, whole grains, um, those are going to be kind of like the best things to do, plant oils, um, and then like omega-3 fatty acids, so like heart-healthy fats basically, mm -hmm. um, and so those are things like um, fatty fish, like salmon or cod or mackerel or sardines, I know some people are like really grossed out by those, um, or um nuts but like in particular walnuts are pretty good um and then avocados and olive oil or other like plant-based oils and really just like an emphasis again on like so many fruits veggies and whole grains they're gonna like really do wonders for inflammation i've seen so many people talking about sardines being like a superfood like so good yeah for they're you. really good for you um i've never had one i feel like i have to try one now <laughs> They're, I think they're really good, but I think maybe it, like, takes a, a minute to get, you know, like, it's, yeah. like, weird to, like, open a can and, and just, like, eat a fish straight yeah. from a can, but I really like them. Like, I like to, I've had before, this is going to sound probably disgusting to a lot of people, but it's just, like, a piece of, like, toast, like, I like, like, a sourdough toast and then, like, a little bit of um, cream cheese and like sardines like just kind of cut up no on top. that it's sounds like good like a bagel ox and cream cheese that sounds good i swear i'm gonna try that because i highly recommend it i'm going to try that i will report back <laughs> yeah let me know okay i like the recommendation the last listener question that i want to ask you is about the candida diet and and this person asked if a bunch of different grains such as quinoa and millet etc are okay to eat on the candida diet I think I know what your answer is going to be to this question, but I'll let you, I'll let you answer it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I will say I'm like not particularly knowledgeable about the candida diet because like generally speaking, I don't think I would really recommend it to anybody. Um, and like sort of similarly with like any of these very specific fad diets, I would say like, I don't know if that's really going to solve the problem here. Um, and I think so many of these diets also tend to be like anecdotal. So that's not a particularly helpful answer other than that I probably wouldn't recommend it. Um, if you were to follow one of these diets, I would always recommend doing it sort of like under the guidance of somebody who is a nutrition professional who you trusted. Yeah, no, that is helpful. That is, I, all your answers are helpful. So I am very appreciative. <laughs> of your wisdom today. If you had to give it an important takeaway or like a lesson that you wanna share, is there anything that you have to say on that? Yeah, so I think that like the main takeaway that like I've sort of just over the years of like counseling and just being exposed to all of this like through school and then through work um, is that like likely for so many people, you generally know the best way to be eating. You generally know like what a healthy diet looks like. Um, and for, for such a large, large majority of the population, like that's gonna be enough. Of course, if there are specific 
restrictions because of food allergies or things like that. I certainly wouldn't say ignore those, but that generally like a a healthy diet is not that complicated. Um, And if there's anything out there that's sort of like promising that, you know, if you do X, Y, or Z, this will sort of solve all of your health woes that like, that's probably too good to be true. And that you probably do generally know the healthiest way to be eating. Um, but it's tough because there's so much information out there. So I feel like the main takeaway really is like you, you probably are much more knowledgeable than you realize you are um, and that there's a lot of noise that yeah. should just kind of be ignored. Yeah, there's so much noise. So, so much noise. So, oh my God. As you said, just like listen to yourself. And again, we were talking about this briefly before we recorded, even like when we were, we were speaking about doing this a few weeks ago. But we were talking about like being a vegan and not that necessarily anything is bad, but it's like you can try it and you'll know how you like you'll know how you feel on it. So if you don't feel good, like don't do it because people are telling you it's good. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Like if you're a vegan because of ethical reasons or whatever, and that's great if you feel fine and you don't feel, you know, tired or anxious or, or just crappy, like and you're meeting all of your needs, great, you absolutely can. If yeah. you feel like shit, then, like, it's sort of, that's not, that's clearly not working for you. Yeah, so true. Are there any resources that you have to recommend, such as books or other podcasts that you like or anything, really, at all? Um. Yes, I actually just recently, I feel like I've, like, plugged this book yeah. it's not my book but I feel like I plugged this book on my Instagram account like multiple times now so I sort of seem like a super fan but <laughs> I um recently just got this new book that's called Gentle Nutrition actually let me double check what the title is I think it's Gentle Nutrition um and yes Gentle Nutrition and Non-Diet Approach to Healthy Eating and it's by a dietitian named Rachel Hartley um and it's like I, it sort of dives in sort of to the tenth principle of intuitive eating, which I you know touched on really briefly here, um, which is just about like gentle nutrition. So like learning about nutrition, nutrition knowledge, but then also sort of like how to apply that. And I think it's 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 meant for um, you know not for practitioners. I mean, it's helpful as a practitioner, but it's meant to be read by somebody who's like interested in intuitive eating and I think it's like a really useful and user-friendly book and also there's like a ton of recipes at the like the second part of the book is recipes so I'd say if there's like one thing that I would say go out and get it would be that perfect and I will link that in the show notes so that people can easily access it and last but not least where can everyone contact you um, so you can contact me um, through my website, which is laurenkofflernutrition.com, um, or on Instagram, which is also laurenkofflernutrition. Um, and like my email and all of that is like easily accessible on both of those places. Amazing. And that will be linked as well. Thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. I could talk to you literally all afternoon, but we're gonna we're gonna cut it here um but maybe we could do a part two down the road i would love to talk more i feel like there's so many more topics we could get into so thank you and um i can't wait for everyone to hear it i feel like we actually really debunked a lot of things and we agree also on so many topics so it was fun for me Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun, you know, it's like it's definitely more fun when the person that you're talking to is like on board. Yeah. So, that's great. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Hannah. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.